Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,994. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, with a very special returning guest by the name of Greg Stanley. Greg, welcome back to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. You bet. Now, some things have changed since you were last here, and that's why I wanted to have you back to talk about what you're doing, uh, which is very cool. But first, before we dive into that, what's one little thing that people don't know about you, Greg? Wow, that's a great question. I guess one is I actually went to college on a French horn scholarship. That's probably one thing. On a what scholarship? A French horn. <laughs> French horn. Oh, okay. A French horn. Well, you were a musician or are a musician. I was. No longer. When I try now, it sounds like I'm calling the cows home. It's horrible. <laughs> well, I guess we could say with your podcast, you're blowing your horn um, in some way. Maybe that sounds a little odd, but at any rate, uh, that's pretty cool. You know, I've had a, a great number in the last few months of guests who have mentioned being musicians when I asked them that question. One was in line to be a concert pianist. I've had guitar players, drummers, all sorts of different people. So there's some kind of correlation going on with people who love cars and being musicians. Not quite <laughs> sure what it is, but I think you're the very, well, you are the first French horn player. So there you go. You hold that status. All right. Let me give you a proper introduction and we're going to dive into what you're doing because it's very pertinent to what's happening in the automotive market today. Greg Stanley is a car specialist for RM Sotheby's where they conduct live and online auctions, private sales, and help acquiring and selling small and large collections of the finest automobiles. Greg is also the creator and host of the Collector Car Podcast, where he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. Greg interviews both experts and collectors alike and reviews the collector car market trends with a dash of humor. A true enthusiast at heart, Greg specializes in first-generation Mustangs and Shelbys, acting as a Concord judge at various events throughout the United States. And guess what? I am a guest on his podcast. That's pretty cool. Uh, when that comes up, you can listen to uh, my top 10 car choices it might surprise you a little bit. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our valued sponsor. So give them a little listen and we'll be right back talking about RM Sotheby's podcasting, the collector car market, and a whole lot more. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions and it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store, all while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV, rain, and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, no worries. Simply add their gust guards for windy conditions to add extra protection to keep your cover in place. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their tradition since 19. 
1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus... Free shipping, that's right. So get 10% off with free shipping by simply using the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Greg, we are back. Now, you were a guest back in December 2018, and things have uh, changed a bit in your career path. And I'd love to start off by talking about your role at RM Sotheby's, what you do there, how you provide services for people. And uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about your interpretation of what's going on in the market. So, Greg, grab the wheel. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate you having me back on the show. I guess one thing that's pretty interesting is... You know, I kind of always been a car person. And back when I was on your podcast previously, it was to promote a educational podcast I was doing for kids called Learn From Others. And there was a car aspect to it. And one of my guests out, off the air, they kind of asked me, well, if someone would describe you, how would they describe you? I said, well, I'm the car guy. I'm the guy that loves cars. And he's like, well, you should probably do a podcast about cars. <laughs> Which I was like, you know, that seems really obvious. But you know, it took someone recommending that. And then I was a big fan of, and still am, of your podcast. And you were such an inspiration for me. And oh, thank it's you. interesting the way the ball started to roll, you know. And I started doing this podcast. I started really enjoying it. People really enjoyed my passion for the cars and the guests I was having. And, you know, I was at an auction for RM Sotheby's in Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. And I just, you know, I thought it'd be fun. You know, hey, is there a relationship here? Is there a way I could help them out? And so, you know, long story short, they liked what I was doing. They liked the connections I had. They liked my experience as a Concord judge and, you know, everything I bring to the table. And so I started consulting with them as a car specialist, which I do until today. And so that's a long way to answer your question. But <laughs> basically, I look at it as, is I'm trying to help people realize their car dreams. Now, those car dreams can be very diverse. It might be, you know what? I want a 65 Mustang. It might be, you know what? I want to get rid of my dad's 65 Mustang, you yeah. know, yeah, the variety, right. you know, and it's so much fun. It's so great because it, it goes right with what I, my passion, my love for cars. So now, you know, when I get a phone call, I'm like, is it about 
for the podcast? Is it for, you know, an independent appraisal service? Is it for, you know, someone wants me to help them buy something? Is it for someone that wants me to help them sell something? So it's just extremely exciting and a lot of fun. I get to see a lot of incredible collections, meet some incredible people. So many of my quote unquote clients have become great friends and uh, it's just been a wonderful adventure so far. Well, it's tremendous. It's what Cars Yeah is all about. You figured out how to wrap your passion into your career. Let's talk a little bit more about RM Sotheby's because my interpretation when I hear that name is very high end, great cars, great people done in a very and I say high end, meaning uh, maybe a little bit different way than the typical auction you might think about when you go and what I kind of call the ziggity ziggity, a lot of fast talking and so forth. Could you tell our listeners what's the basic premise behind what RM Sotheby's is doing for the car collector and what are the different services that are provided there? Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, if you look at all the different auction houses, they kind of quote unquote special in different things. And I would say RM Sotheby's, it's more about the quality of the car. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's record setting, you know, $10 million cars, there's $15 million cars. I mean, we had $44 million plus cars that sold at Monterey last year. Wow. So yes, it is that high echelon of quality cars. But I think beyond that, it's just a quality service. I mean, they do everything, you know, they do everything from financing to inspections to appraisals to, you know, on-site auctions of collector, you know, if someone has an entire collection they want to auction off, we've done on-site stuff. We've done a ton of private sales. I think the number last year was $150 million worth of private sales transactions and almost a half a billion dollars worth of public auctions. I think it was around 400 and, I don't know, 420, $430 million worth of cars that traded publicly at our auction. So, It's just the full gamut. I mean, you know, we have everything from the online sale where you could sell your $20,000 car to even live. We have our Fort Lauderdale sale coming up in March. And again, that could be everything from the $20,000 Mustang to the, you know, $2 million Duesenberg. And then obviously the diamond events, the Scottsdale, the Monterey, the Amelia Island. Those are always just incredible. They're always at the best locations. They always have the coolest, the best cars. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. You know, when I, I go, by the time this post, I will have been out to Scottsdale and I'm going to go to Bear Jackson. You know, they have a lot of a lot of muscle cars, a lot of hot rods, you know, and you, you kind of go, each one kind of specializes in something a little bit different. And I would say that it's the quality and at times, you know, the very high dollar price point cars at RM Sotheby's. No kidding. Well, let's talk about what's going on in the market because you know, we've been through two years of utter bizarro world <laughs> you know and it's like when is this when are we gonna wake up one morning and this will be over please soon please please but the collector car market is on fire and i watch your auctions other auctions and i look at cars selling i look at people buying uh you know there's the aging baby boomers i guess i'm a boom my kids call me a boomer when they like to tease me but let's say much older boomers than me that uh, are passing on or they're at a point where they need to liquidate their collections because they're just older and they don't want to deal with so many cars or family members have lost a member and it's time to sell dad's collection or mom's collection, whatever. But there seems to be no end in sight right now. Of course, as soon as I say that, the so-called bubble, if there is one, will burst. But I don't know about that. I see younger people coming into the marketplace now that we've never seen before. We've got millennials that are making money now. We've also got a lot of IT money that people that have bought and sold businesses that are starting their own collection. So what's your interpretation? Because you guys are right there dealing with these buyers and sellers of what's going on and why are things so inflated and crazy? 
You know, I think the biggest reason why things are inflated and crazy is because of COVID. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, it started out that, you know, everybody was locked down for two months. And so some folks said, you know what, I can not do a lot of stuff. But one thing I can do is I can work on my classic car in my garage. And so when I talk to the folks that are in that business and the aftermarket part business, their business was booming because folks were like, I'm going to work on my car. And you know what, you can drive you know, your hot rod or whatever during COVID, you know, it's one of the few things you can get out there and enjoy. And then I think another big part is the mortality piece of it. People realize, you know what, I'm not going to live forever. And this has really kind of shook me as far as, uh, you know, potential health hazards in the future. So they just have decided I'm going to go out there and get the car I've always wanted. So I think that is a big part of it as well. I think there's a huge generational shift going on out there right now. I mean, if you drooled over a 57 Chevy or a 56 T-Bird, chances are you're selling that car right now because, you know, there's a generational shift going on. You know, those folks are probably, you know, in their mid 70s are looking to liquidate the kids, the grandkids don't want the car. And, you know, one thing we're seeing right now is I'll get a phone call and I feel like I'm always the bearer of bad news (laughs) because typically, you know, it is one of those cars from the 40s, 30s, 50s, whatever it might be that just folks aren't looking for right now. Now, there's always the outliers, the Cadillac Barrits, the Bromes, you know, the pinnacle cars I call of any generation that will always be worth money, you know, the Duesenbergs of the late 20s and early 30s. So there are some cars that will always be desirable. And I really love digging into the numbers because one thing I like to do on my podcast is to try to not say buy these now as an investment. I'd rather say buy these now while they're still affordable. There's a big difference in motivation right there. And one thing I love doing is digging into the numbers and finding out what is going on in the marketplace. I mean, I just did, you know, the most valuable Porsches from every model and generation. And that was eye-opening because every single car that I picked in my list, every single one of them, the latest year was either flat or up. Like there wasn't one that had, that was down, you know, there was one that, you know, they were down over three years because they were coming off the 2015 high, but I'm like, man, that's just crazy. And, and Haggerty just posted an article about their most recent update and 50% of the cars in the database were up. And I do think it's going to end sooner than later. I think the money's been flowing, you know, pretty strong for the last two years or so. I think that's another big aspect of it. Like you said, a lot of folks, younger folks, tech folks are getting into it. I've got some clients that asked me for cars that I would recommend for their, you know, for their collection, not that they need it, but you know, they're looking for a place maybe to house some funds, you know, which is just kind of blows my mind. Put some (laughs) assets. Well, when you have a lot of assets, it's the old, don't put all your eggs in one basket and you like to move it around a little bit. And we all know being car people, you and I, Greg is why cars are enjoyable. And I saw this when I was working in my previous career in a direct mail catalog business, when the economy crashed in 07, 08, 09. And we thought, Oh man, this is going to be a rough ride didn't really affect us because guess what? People don't stop doing their passion when there's chaos going on. They just, they may throttle back a little bit, but they get out in their garage. And in our case, we sold car care. They polished their cars. They waxed their cars. They worked on their cars because they felt safe out there. Now with COVID, you're right. If I'm not going to be able to go to car shows or go out in public, I can be in my garage and stay home, but I'm going to have fun by golly. And when you add the aspect of potential death versus the the economic crisis, well, might have killed some people, but you know what I mean. COVID really did kill some people. Then they go, you know what? You're right. Life is fleeting. I better have some fun. And and this kind of is another generational thing. Are you seeing 
younger generation people, I'll say younger than me, that are have a different outlook on car collecting and life in general versus, you know, I come from a generation of you work really hard and you sacrifice and, you know, you you do this, that, and the other thing versus younger people, let's say my kids have a different perspective on life. And they're more about having experiences than buying things. And cars give us experiences, right? Right. Yeah, that is a big part of it. I mean, I think that these the next generation that's coming up, they're really going after the cars, like everybody that they grew up with, that they dreamt about, that they really wanted. What's interesting is, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a, a U.S. muscle car. You know, I mean, we're seeing a huge increase in the Japanese domestic market cars and the JDM cars, and they're really passionate. I mean, they're really going after these things, and they typically, I mean, from what I've seen, they buy them to drive them, to enjoy them. You know, you do have, yes, yeah, some of the, you know, some of the folks that might have come into a large amount of money and they do want to build a, a collection that, you know, some of the cars might be static. But, you know, I'm seeing a lot of high dollar cars that come through and people you really want to put them on the road. They want to enjoy them, which is refreshing and great. So that is a nice thing I'm seeing from the next generation. It's also interesting to see the cars that they are pursuing. I mean, you've seen it, the, the whole radwood phenomenon where you know cars from the 80s you know wagons are hot you yeah. know and it, i'm waiting for minivans to become hot. <laughs> i don't know that they ever will not that i want them to but it yeah. just follows suit with you know what with if you if you desire what you had growing up there's going to be some weird cars that pop on the collector car uh, radar screen here soon i think so let's talk about your collector cars podcast now I'm going to be a guest coming up here in February, and you asked me some great questions about my 10 favorite cars, and um, I may have shaken up a few people's perceptions with those, so I'll make sure I put links uh, to that in my social media for your listeners so you can listen to my show on Greg's podcast. Uh, tell me about the podcast, because you shifted from, you were on the show before, you mentioned the kind of podcast you were doing, now you're focusing on cars, which makes a, a lot more sense to me. You've had some some great names on your show, and does your show have a particular theme or process to it or is it depending on the guest you know it really depends i like to have guests and one of the series i like to do is called the ultimate garage and so that's where i want to get quote unquote auto celebrities like yourself uh i want you know folks that are in the public eye that they talk about all cars all the time i want to find out well what 10 cars would actually be in your garage you know so i've had like the matt ferris the spike ferristons the mikhail haggerty's the adam corollas you know those folks have been on it, and that's been pretty fascinating i would say you did surprise me with some of your, <laughs> your, your well good your, yeah your pick that means sure. i'm maturing a little bit i'm changing i'm evolving because you know you don't want to go through your whole life so focused on one thing that you get to the end and you go wow why didn't I explore some other options here? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I try to do that once a month. I will have to say probably the most fascinating interview I had on that subject was Ken Gross, who's, you know, the the expert of experts. And his was fascinating because not only was it this particular car that was a one of one or one of five, but he knew who owned the car today and where it was. <laughs> so well, yeah, was, that makes sure was, that makes sense with Ken. Yeah, it was really fascinating to see how deep he dug into it. Uh, but beyond that, I like to do fun stuff. I mean, I always do market trend reports. I just released my 2022 bull market list, uh, the 10 cars I think we'll appreciate in 2022. And I'll review that again in September to see how I do in the end of the year. But I like to have fun. Like I said, I did, uh, you know, what car is actually worth its weight in gold? I did the math based on what gold was worth. And, and there was one? Really? There was there was one, yeah. You know, and uh, I like to do kind of fun different things like that. I actually 
you know, track down every single car that is missing in action that's worth a million dollars or more. And what's ironic is the cover car was the Aston Martin from James Bond that was just found apparently two weeks ago. So no kidding. You know, oh wow. Yeah, yeah, that was just found. So I have to do an update. So I like to dig into some of the interesting topics that, you know, maybe I find them a little bit more interesting or I, I'm like, well, that would entertain me. So why don't I investigate <laughs> it and, and work on it? So I'm, I'm working on something for Land Rovers right now. Let's go into the market trends for Land Rovers. Those are always amazing, cool SUVs. Let's see what those things are doing. So it's really kind of having a lot of fun out there. I mean, I did an episode on you know, performance brand origins, you know, where does ZR1 come from? Where does the M series come from? You know, just went through all the di- Nismo, you know, what's the history of those, you know? So um, I also did a series based on the 100 most important cars in the world, you know, that changed the world. So I've done that. I'm going to do a deep dive on Jay Leno's collection, which has been a Herculean effort so far. So you think, yeah, yeah, there's 180, 190 cars in his collection. So and not of them, all of them have a video on them. Anyways, I'm diving deep. I'm like, I'm going to break it up by, you know, how many European cars are there? How many V8 cars? How many six cylinders? How many alternative fuel cars are there? And just have a lot of fun with it. That's probably going to be about five different episodes. And if I work it all up, the last episode will be what are his cars really worth? And then I'll throw in the Jay Leno effect. And, uh, you know, we'll see what it actually you know, what I come up with. So that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of behind the scenes research occurs <laughs> for the collector car. No podcast. kidding. Yeah. sounds like it. Well, I was going to say that Jay Leno show is going to be like a Joe Rogan three, four hour podcast, you know, but <laughs> well, uh, yeah, break it up. That, that sounds like the way to do it. So incredible collection. We're going to take a short break. Thank our sponsors. And we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about, about your passion for cars individually. So sit tight. We'll be right back. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail-order catalog company has grown into a multi-website-based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. You know what? We are all wired differently and not everyone needs to go to a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter, and one can build a solid career as an auto, diesel, or collision technician. There are no longer blue-collar jobs, they're new-collar careers, as the technology and skill sets have become so advanced. Support career and technical education by getting involved with TechForce Foundation. It's a Cars Yeah charity of choice. Learn more at techforce.org. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, Smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. 
That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So let's talk a little bit about a big challenge, big failure, big obstacle you run up against. Now, since you were on the show before, we did talk about this, but maybe we bring it forward to this new evolution of your new career and what you're doing, if that's what you want to share with us. But more importantly, what was the lesson learned? You know, it's very interesting you ask that question because I will have to say it is uh, a situation where I was approached, uh, this poor woman had lost her husband 12 years earlier and she had a really cool car riding away in the garage and it was a local car. It was a 1958 Cadillac Barretz yep. convertible, just a wonderful car. And I felt so bad for her. It's, it's, a, it's not an uncommon situation. I mean, think of all the car collections you see out there where there are no estate plans put into place. And you know what? I feel bad for the families that have to deal with this burden if they don't want those cars, even from a financial perspective and tax perspective and everything else. Yeah. And so she had just the worst time dealing with tire kickers. She had put a oh, flyer out yeah. and it, it became, you know, she's single, she's by herself. She doesn't have anyone in the house. She's got strangers coming to the house, lowballing her on this incredible car that's in the garage. And someone finally referred her to me. And, you know, I, I'd say the challenge was, is I had never dealt with that situation before. And it, it's all about building trust, yeah. you know, and we, we probably talked three months before we met in person. And I see what we do as, a, as an amazing service. I've heard people say, you know what, auction houses just prey on widows. And yeah, there probably are some out there that do that. But, you know, heaven forbid I had a, a wonderful collection. I passed away and I had this burden left for my wife, I would want five auction houses knocking down the door to make the best proposal possible versus, you know, random people tire kicking them. Anyway, so, you know, I built up this relationship with her. The car needed a lot of work. You know, we had to, I had to find someone to replace the fuel tank and it was, it took a lot more to get it going. And, you know, I had a realistic uh, estimate on it. I mean, it needed literally everything. It could roll, but, you know, I had an estimate of 45 to 55 grand and went to our Auburn auction and she was up there on the stage with me and it sold for $88,000. And go. she was oh. so excited. She was hooping and hollering on the stage so <laughs> much yeah. that as soon as we got off the stage, the local news reporter wanted to interview her for the local news and they did. And she just, you know, it was really cool because I, it was a challenge I had never seen before. I'd never been placed in front of me. Uh, we built a relationship, established a trust, did all the hard work, took it to auction, overseeded expectations. It's not going to always happen that way. And then she was just so thrilled. She said it was one of the best experiences she had ever had in her life. So it was a big challenge for me that really was a lot of fun. And it turned out to be just a wonderful relationship. And we're still friends right now. You know, that's so cool. I'm doing a similar thing for a friend right now. She lost her husband a few years ago and he didn't have a, a, a really collectible car, but he had a very nice driver. And she reached out to me just recently and said, I'm ready to let the car go. You know, it's emotional. And yeah, you know, how do I do this? And I walked her through all similar type things. Her car really isn't a car that would go to auction. I think she will do fine selling it individually. But I've kind of helped walk her through everything from how to list it, uh, how to outline it, where to go and so forth. And just before you called in today, she w she sent me her list of, of notes on the car. She's doing everything right. And, you know, you, you, 
Yeah, you want to think about if you're the guy in the house or the woman in the house who has the collection and someday you'll be gone, what kind of burden are you leaving for your family, spouse? And maybe you need to put that in line or at the very least tell them, and I've done this actually in my my will and my paperwork, it says, go talk to this guy if I passed away earlier than I think I would about the value of my car or the value of my collectibles. And he, yeah, he will help yeah. you so that you don't sit there and look at this and go, what are we going to do? Because you want your family to have the most they can get. And for most people, you hear this when you have your will drafted by a lawyer. He goes, look, your kids don't want your stuff. They just want the money. Right. <laughs> they don't want and that's a sad fact. You know, it was valuable to you, but they have their own lives. And so uh, it's nice that you do that for them. I think it's great. Is there a special vehicle story you can share? Now, this could be a vehicle you've owned or it could be. Like you just told a very interesting vehicle story, something that you did with a client. You know, I, I, I probably have to mention the 66 Mustang convertible that I is really the reason I got into cars. Uh, this is back when I was at least 15, maybe 16. And I just remember my dad had a friend that would trade in cars and you never knew when he would come through town. And I just remember walking outside one day and I still have the picture of this car. It was a 66 Mustang convertible, red with white top, black interior, classic. It had the spinners on it. And I just fell in love. You know, looking yeah. back, it was a fake GT, you know, like it, it had the GT <laughs> yeah. badging, but it, it didn't have the fog lights and have the dual exhaust, you know, so it was a fake GT. But man, it just struck me. And I was so in love with that car. And that's, that's the reason I got into Mustangs, you know, I mean, I'm becoming a Ferrari 275 judge because I absolutely think those are the pinnacle of some of the Ferraris and just automobiles in general. But that wasn't in my wheelhouse as a kid, you know, in, in my wheelhouse, it was, you know, $10,000 Mustangs, you know, sure. and I never owned one, but I fell in love with that one. And so much so that I offered to wash it just so I could touch it. <laughs> <laughs> I went out and I took a picture and I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden the car was gone. You know, it, oh. I never got a ride in it. I didn't, I couldn't wash it. I couldn't sit in it. And that's probably one of the reasons I just became car crazy because it was forbidden fruit. You know, it right. was there. It was almost attainable just to experience it. And then it was gone. And it was just really, really crazy. And then just one quick follow up to that is I went with a buddy of mine to the beach, Ponte Vedra Beach outside of Jacksonville, Florida. And on our way back, I decided to get the hair. You know what? I'm going to test drive a Mustang because there was a 65 coupe on a Crowder's car corral on State Road 13. And it was beige, just a little coupe. And so they let us test drive it. So we test drive it and it is just a horrible. It's just a pig. <laughs> it's just horrible. And, you know, we crawl it back to the to the uh, we're about to turn in. We got across two lanes of the state highway to turn in and while i'm waiting there smoke starts coming out from underneath the hood uh -oh. and i'm like oh no yeah so we run in and we put it out and it turns out it was the uh battery was rubbing up against a, a wire or something anyways as we're putting it out this red 66 convertible different car comes driving by with four people in it laughing and honking at us as we're going as we're trying to roll this car into wow. the lot that night i went to a party um, and at that party was that 66 convertible that was laughing at us earlier in the day. Oh my God. And we ended up spending the whole night just riding around in that car. And that was my first true experience with a Mustang, uh, pure enjoyment. It was a little six cylinder red convertible, but man, that was so much fun. And it was so ironic that it was the same car that laughed at us as we were pushing the other <laughs> one into, back into the lot. Well, you know, sometimes that's why it's important to drive these cars. The dreams we've had from youth when we can finally afford them is to go out and drive them. Cause I can't tell you how many times people said, wow, that dream was really a fantasy because it wasn't that much fun uh, to drive. Cars are so easy to drive nowadays. And people that perhaps are new to the collector car market, they've never driven an old car, have no idea that 
you got to get in a different mindset with those things when you get in them, right? Yeah, for sure. You have to be ready. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, your your story about washing the car is funny because my next door neighbor growing up was an FBI agent. So I thought he was like a cool James Bond guy. He wasn't married and lived over there. Mr. Swanser was his name. And he bought the first 450 SL in La Jolla uh, that was sold at Heinz Geats Motors, which was a local Mercedes dealership. And he brought it home and I went over and I said, oh, this is one of these new 450s. And Mr. Swanser, I, I'll wash the car for you. And he goes, oh, OK. So he let me back it out. And I was 14, I think. Drive it over to my house, which was next door, you know, and spent the whole day detailing that car, brought it back. And he walked down. He said, man, this looks better than than the job they did. And I said, well, I, you know, I put armor all the time. That was all you had for dressing. And, you know, I, I put wax on it. And so I said, well, thank you. And I started to walk away and he goes, well, wait a minute. He goes, what do I owe you? And I said, you're going to pay me? <laughs> right. Just, you know, and he said, well, of course, I didn't expect you to do this for free. And I believe he gave me 20 or $25 and I ran home and I was so excited. Now, you know, back in the early seventies, 25 bucks, all I had to do is wax one more car and I could buy a new surfboard. And this light bulb goes off in my head. And my dad said, you really liked that. Maybe you should start your own business. And that's exactly what I did. And that business paid for my entire high school lifetime, paid for my college. I did it all the way up until I got married. I had lots of customers, taught me a lot about business. But it all started with Mr. Swanser letting me wash his car. So he brought back a great memory there. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And that's funny how it turned into a business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I ended up working in a company, Griot's Garage, where we developed a full line of car care. So it, my life has been around that for a long, long time. So kind of fun stuff. Now I'm going to be your car psychologist today. Crawl into your head. If you were manifest as a vehicle, Greg, what would you be? But more importantly, why? You know, interesting question. I think last time I was one of the BMW 5 Series art cars, but yeah. it wasn't one of the performance ones. It was just, you know, kind of a regular car. So have you evolved now? You know, I've, I've actually devolved. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going backwards to, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm a 1968 Ford Mustang. You know, I'm okay. just going back to your a, youth. Going back to the actually, first car I ever bought with my own money. Uh, it was a six cylinder three-speed car but i'm gonna say i'm the 302 uh four-speed car so j code coupe nothing special not a fastback not a cobra jet not a convertible just your basic coupe i picked the 68 because it's larger than the 65s uh, <laughs> and i'm a, a you know i'm not huge but i'm not a, a, a petite man <laughs> so <laughs> nice. yeah that's what i pick as my car okay well it's good when people evolve and change a little bit I think devolve. devolve well de i went well yeah okay i'm not gonna go there i'll let you go there but <laughs> devolve. i think i told you last time we spoke that i had my i've had a mustang i had a 65 that had been built into a GT350 clone by Love a it. friend of mine and his dad. His dad originally had the car, and he had bought a bunch of parts from Carroll Shelby to use on that car back in the day. His dad worked for Ford, and he kept all those parts, the fiberglass hood, the scoops, all these things, and they built this car up. It was Wimbledon white with the blue stripes, and then his dad passed, and it sat in this guy's garage, kind of like your story with the Cadillac, although the car was perfect. And I ended up with it, and I drove it for two years as my daily driver. And uh, it That's was awesome. it was a yeah. very fun car. The motor was the right. Everything was so accurate that I took it to a Mustang show once and parked it. And I won first in class for Shelby Mustangs. <laughs> I had to kind of I came back and I said, uh, this isn't a real Shelby. And the guy goes, what? And I go, yeah, sorry. Uh, so I gave the trophy to the second place guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, speaking about driving, I did drive that 68 coupe for a year and a half in the Florida heat. No AC, no options. Ooh. 
And I do remember one specific day, it was 102.5 degrees outside, something crazy. I had 101 fever and the car had an exhaust leak and I still went to work. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're, you're lucky you survived. I know, wow. I know. Well, is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes, and it's not a car book, but it's one I found super practical and applicable to my daily life. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it's an easy read and it can apply to anyone. And it's really just, you know what, it's it's one thing to make goals. I guess it's it's nice that it's, you know, the start of the year here, but it's one thing to make goals, but if you don't have the habits in place to achieve them, you'll never get it. And it's it talks about how you can break out you know, you can start with a small habit that turns into a big habit that will actually help you achieve your goals. So it's a really great book, very easy to read, very applicable, uh, highly recommend it. You know, I don't think anybody's recommended that book. And it, it sounds great because, as we all know, bad habits can lead to bad things. Uh, you know, if you snack too much, you get a little bigger uh, or a lot bigger. Um, if you abuse things, you go down the drain. So uh, Atomic Habits, I'll have to get my hands on that book. Sounds like a great read. So I have an open checkbook here for you today. Unlimited amount of resources. You get to pick any vehicle to go on the ultimate drive-in. And you get to pick any person to go with, living or deceased. And you get to be any where so what kind of a check am i going to have to write for you today because you've been around some cool cars you know some great stuff that's out there you know you're going to have to write a big check uh, i figured um, yeah yeah i'm going to have to go with the late 1950s ferrari 250 gt short wheelbase convertible california i just think those things are probably in my mind the pinnacle of ferrari cars i just think they're absolutely gorgeous you know, this is a tough question because I could get all philosophical and, and try to pick somebody like Henry Ford. or And I really couldn't come up with an answer other than I just I'd want to take my wife. She really enjoys doing nice. this stuff with me. And uh, we really have a good time sharing experiences with each other. So I'd want to take her. She's a car girl. She loves getting into fast cars. Cool. Um, where it would be, you know, I'm going to say the Italian Alp, oh, northern nice. Italy, yeah. through the Italian Alps in that classic Ferrari. I think that would probably be... Uh, be the best scenario. I see a kind of James Bond almost scene here of you driving around Lake Lugano. Um, uh, you know, that area, I've been lucky to drive around that area uh, in 96, picked up a Porsche at the factory and drove all around there and beautiful place to go for a drive. And in that car, holy cow. Yeah. Ferris Bueller's yeah. day off. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to have that one. I don't mind if it's fake. Let's bring it on. Well, you know, you might get in and go, oh, I don't know, because you've been around the real deal. So I'm not going to buy you a fakey deal. That's true. Yeah. I think they had a Corvette engine in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get you the real deal. Well, you've taken us on a really fun ride and I really appreciate you coming back. Really proud of what you're doing with your podcast and working in your field of passion. That's the way to go through life. Is there maybe a success quote or words of inspiration you could leave us with today? You know, you might not think this is inspirational, but to me, it uh, it helps me out. <laughs> My quote is, everything is harder than it should be. And I mean that, like, just prepare for it. Uh, every time, no matter what, when I jump on the computer, I'm like, oh, this should take two seconds. It takes 20 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. But everything, I mean, you know this, starting up a podcast, that's a lot of work. No and uh, I think, you know, understanding that, you know what, I think it's going to be X, but let's plan for why. I think it makes it more realistic. It prepares you better and you're able to achieve your goals more effectively. There you go. I love it. So people can learn more about you and your podcast by going to thecollectorcarpodcast.com. I'll put a link to that. You can find his podcast. Mine's coming up. I think uh, you're going to be hearing me on your show later in February, right? 
I believe it's February the 10th 10th. or the third, one of those. One of those. I'll make sure I put it out there on social media. And of course, if you want to learn more about uh, RM Sotheby's, it's easy to find rmsotheby's.com. If you haven't attended an RM Sotheby's uh, auction, it's a word I'm looking for, an auction, uh, you've got to go. They're wonderful. They're different. They're unique. And you're going to see the finest collector cars uh, that you can ever imagine. Greg, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and sharing what you're doing these days. Again, really proud of what you're up to. This is great. 2022 is going to be a wonderful year. That's the way to go into it. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.